This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Fascinating story Andrew Clark tells in his book, A Keen Soldier, The Execution of World War II Private Harold Joseph Pringle. Now, this has been out for a number of years, you tell me, but it was uh, an archive thing that was hidden for about 50 years, and uh, you decided to write about it. I remember there was a, a movie that starred Martin Sheen, The uh, Execution of Private Eddie Slovic. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was an American soldier who was executed for desertion, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct, yeah, okay. during the Second World War. What was the story about Joseph Pringle? Well, basically, I, I heard about Joseph Pringle's story from my grandfather, who was an officer in Italy during the Italian campaign. And there was a movie called Breaker Morant that had come out about the execution of some Australian officers during the Boer War. And, you know, my grandfather was like a lot of veterans. He didn't talk about his time much. But for, for whatever reason, that particular evening, he goes, oh, I know all about military justice. And he sort of told this story about how at the war's end, uh, there was this soldier, Pringle, who they had to sort of keep and get ready to shoot and train people, the cooks, to fire rifles so they could shoot Harold Pringle and how how worried he was that he was going to be put in charge of the firing squad. And he was quite upset, and it, it sort of stuck with me as a, as a kid. And so after he passed away, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do a little digging around and see if I can get Harold Pringle's service record and, and see what I could find. And uh, I, I wound up going to the archives and getting a stack about two feet tall, went through it, and at the end of it I thought, you know, this is this is an incredible story, and I think maybe I'm going to have to figure it out. And that led to me investigating and writing the book and finding out about what led to him being executed and a whole lot of other things about war in general that, that I hadn't, hadn't known before. Yeah, and uh, you write that in the Italian campaign, this was on the Hitler line, uh, there was... A pretty high attrition rate. I mean, people were being killed. About three quarters of his uh, whole outfit was wiped out, wasn't it? Well, I think the average life expectancy was about a year for someone who was regularly in combat. A year before you would die, be maimed, or crack up. And what was interesting for me was I spent two years sort of interviewing veterans and people that knew Harold Pringle. I was always amazed to find someone who had actually survived the entire campaign. The reason being that the Allies are fighting, they're generally a smaller force attacking a larger entrenched force. There's no reinforcements because they're all going uh, to Northwest Europe. And, um, you know, it, it just ground people down. I mean, the reason, there's a reason that Catch-22 is, is set in Italy and not in France. Uh, that, 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 that campaign, the, the tactic is to drive the Germans out, but the strategy is to keep them in Italy. So the whole thing, it was like a kind of meat grinder, especially the Battle of Monte Cassino. Right, which was that old monastery, uh, and it was like it would be a UN heritage site today, but they bombed it, and mm-hmm. that actually created a whole labyrinthine uh, set of tunnels and everything in the catacombs Made it worse. for the Germans to defend. Mm-hmm. That was on the road to Rome, right? That's right. Traveling. And that's and that's where Hingle, uh, Pringle was someone who enlisted at 16, went over to England, got into trouble, uh, was sent into a military prison for going AWOL and having girlfriends and that kind of thing. He volunteered to go into active service in Italy, so he's returned to the front for about six months. He fights... Uh, up with the Hastings Prince Edward Regiment to the Hitler line. And after that campaign, um, he kind of has a spell. He cracks up and he decides to desert. And he disappears into Rome and becomes part of the sort of black market in that city of about 9,000 allied deserters who are actively running around Rome trying to wait the war out by committing petty crime. And so... uh 
what was the circumstance surrounding his getting caught and uh, the whole execution being set up and where? And well, by he, whom? He, um, he and one evening, he was a member of a gang called the Sailor Gang. And Lucky McGilvery from Cape Breton was shot in a fight with someone else in the gang and wounded. They put him on a jeep and they take him out to drive him at night out to a military hospital, but he dies on the way. So they decide to make it look like a black market execution and they all fire into the corpse. They're all picked up later. They're charged with murder. There's a forensic uh, battle that it's determined that no, Lucky was alive the night they shot him and therefore it's murder. And so over time, three soldiers are executed, two British and one Canadian. So in July uh, 5th, 1945, there's 31 Canadians left in Italy and they shoot Harold Pringle and then they get to go home. And in fact, I actually met a soldier who was there and was there when the uh, order was promulgated uh, this past June, uh, Orville Marshall. He's the last one, 95. That's something. Yeah, and so uh, how did they decide who was going to draw the short straw? There was a firing squad? There was a firing squad. It consisted mostly of soldiers in Avellino, uh, some of whom had been uh, sort of taken out of the line due to shell shock. It was led by a shell-shocked officer, Ramsey Park, uh, and and a brigadier, and Harold was brought out. They told him, at 4 o'clock, you'll be executed at 6 a.m., he rocked back on his heels and said, why didn't you tell me last night? I could have written my mother. And that was it. What a story. It is a poignant one. And uh, there are some accounts that say uh, this was a wrongful execution or that, you know, in the context of today with PTSD and all the rest of that, uh, that might have been a mitigating circumstance. How do you see it? I think that uh, the, the execution itself was, was not due. There were other soldiers who were convicted of worse murders during the war, but it was politically influenced because there were two British soldiers who were also executed. And once those two soldiers were executed, the Canadian army at that time felt that they had no, no alternative but to go ahead. And again, this is coming at the end of a war where 20 million people have died. And so part of what that book taught me was the individual in these kind of environments, they just, you know, one person... Uh, is a problem. 20 million is a statistic. Wow. Uh, all right. And so uh, I guess life was expendable mm-hmm. still in the aftermath. It's uh, published by Penguin Random House, and uh, you can look into it. The uh, book is called, boom, boom, boom. What's the actual uh, long title here? Let me get it. A Keen Soldier, The Execution of World War II Private Harold Joseph Pringle by Andrew Clark, who's a contributing uh, writer for the Globe and Mail. Anthony Fury, we're done on time as well. I wish I could ask you about Jagmeet Singh's plans to be uh, the guy in the catbird seat because a throne speech is coming up December 5th, and uh, he says his priorities better be met or he is going to rock the boat. Uh, Do you see that he has inordinate sway or power in this upcoming session of Parliament? He may be the one Justin Trudeau takes to the dance, but Trudeau, he's going to lead. Ooh, okay, Anthony. Uh, That's nice. Somebody uh, in a not not in a Sean Spicer kind of way leading at the dance. Did you see that? I mean, that was just terrible. Trump uh, had to do the appeal. Vote for this guy. Well, right. come on, this guy needs your help. Everybody, rally had here. To go on a Twitter campaign. By the way, are you following any of the impeachment inquiry hearings? It seems to me a bit ado about nothing. I think it was Jackson Prosco who was saying to you the other day, well, it's kind of, you know, the Democrats just have to do it. You know, I, I, I don't think they're really feeling it like they were with the Mueller thing. I think it's a bit of a crime of opportunity. And 
you know, you go up there and you say, sure, I'll bet on red. And, you know, you're looking at <laughs> not even 50-50 odds, one-third odds on some of this stuff. So. Yeah, I think it's going to redound against them, actually. It looks like a dog that won't hunt, at least at first blush. They're only into a day one. Today's a hiatus. <laughs> and and went, I don't even understand the basics. All I understand is that the Bidens did something shady, and somehow this means Trump has to get out of office. And I think that's how most people see it. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, that's a pretty good interpretation, as good as a one as I've heard so far. Anthony Fury from the Sun Papers and Andrew Clark uh, from... Uh, the Globe and Mail contributing writer. I appreciate you both coming in. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.